Hey all you cool Maybox and Doppelbox, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a women and beer podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Emery Woods. Emery is the founder of Right Side Brewing, a non-alcoholic craft beer brand based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Before we get to that interview with Emery, um, I always start this with some beers that I enjoyed over the past, I guess, two weeks. But I spent the weekend in Austin, so I just want to say Austin has... A very incredible beer scene. Obviously, I'd heard that, but you know, you never really know until you experience. So I went to some, some really you know well-known breweries like Austin Beer Works, and then also some new ones like Nomadic, which is kind of a new new brewery on the scene. But highly recommend if you get the chance to to go to Austin. Austin itself as a city is very cool. Very much enjoyed it. Would go back in a heartbeat. So. I'm just going to shout out the whole Austin beer scene on this podcast. Um, During this intro, I always mention something in craft beer that I really enjoyed. And yesterday, March 8th, or Tuesday, March 8th, whenever you were listening to this, was International Women's Beer Day, or (laughs) International Women's Beer, International Women's Day. Obviously, a lot of the content I saw was beer-related, so I'm I'm a little biased when I say International Women's Day, but... Just want to shout out the all the breweries who did, um, whether it was a International Women's Day collab through Pink Boots, you know they shout out their their uh, the women who work for them. Um, you know it shows when you put that effort in to shout out some of the people, you know the women who work for you, even you know bartenders through owners through brewers through whatever role they play in the company. Um, it really shows when you, you take the time to dedicate a, a social media post to honor them. Obviously, you know, it's something you do a lot more, but to really, you know, show your support of them and show that you care and that you support women in this beer and that it's important to, you know, advocate for an equal space, um, for women in this industry. And, um, yeah, and, you know, it was Really sad to also see some breweries just not mention International Women's Day at all or just do a gimmicky post that they felt like they needed to do. So let's, you know, I'm starting to get negative on this, but it's really cool to see all the all the posts about brew days and, and Pink Boots collabs and, you know, just shout outs to their their manager, their brewer, their 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 sales rep, their owner. So um, thank you to all the breweries who actually took the time to really put out a good, you know, social media post that was thought out and uh, shows that they are they're doing it for the right reasons and not just to get likes. But anyway, I will uh, get away from that that rant. And um, as you all know, this podcast is sponsored by Louisville Ale Trail. Louisville Ale Trail is a brewery passport program that guides you to all of Derby City's best breweries. And I will say they put out a really great social media post about International Women's Day. So go check out their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and their podcast, Kentucky Commons Radio Hour, and all the things that Louisville Ale Trail is doing. As always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Emery Woods. Emery is the founder of Right Side Brewing, um, and you all are based out of Atlanta, Georgia, correct? Yes, yes. Um, Emery, how are you doing this? Oh, I gosh, sorry. Monday, Monday, 
I know. Afternoon. Jeez. I, I took Saturday off too, which I normally don't have Saturdays off. So I am so confused on what day it is right now. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I think this Monday came quicker than most. So uh. yeah, after I guess, so yesterday was Super Bowl and then today's Valentine's Day. So it's all very confusing on what yeah, day it lots is. Lots of fun stuff to celebrate, but yeah, get you out of your rhythm. It does. It does. Especially, like I said, taking a Saturday, Sunday and Monday off. It's just, I'm very thrown off. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned, you are the founder of Right Side Brewing. So if people are familiar with what Right Side is, tell them about it. Yes, I'd love to. So Right Side started Right Side when I, or at least the concept for Right Side when I was pregnant with my daughter back in 2017. Um, I wasn't drinking at the time, right? So I just noticed, you know, not a lot of non-alcoholic options were out there at the time. And so I went down this path of starting a brewery dedicated to making delicious non-alcoholic beer. So that is where we are today. So we're headquartered in Atlanta, like you said. Um, we came out with two kind of coarse skews. We have a citrus sweet and an IPA. Um, and they're both non-alcoholic. So we're, we're working on more, but that's where we're at today. And we launched in January of 2021. So when people think of a brewery, you know, they think of a tap room, a physical space that people go to. You all don't have that, correct? Correct. We are contract brewed um, and have a great partnership with our contract brewer. And they have us in their tap room. So that was really nice of them to support us in that way. Um, but we don't have a physical space at this point in time. How, you know, cause I find that, you know, obviously very interesting because you, you don't see that. How has that, do you think it's, I wouldn't say it's negatively impact you, but do you think it's harder for you all to sell your beer because you don't have a, a starting space? Let me rephrase this. When a lot of small breweries open, they have a tap room and that's how they get people into their tap room to try their beer. Then they start to distribute it. Um, putting it in restaurants, bars, even just pack or just can or just kegs. And then maybe they start to can, you kind of like flipped the whole. Mm -hmm. So how has that worked for you all? Yeah. So our big thing, right. Is we, we live with other NA beer on shelf. Um, and so people go and maybe look for their normal NA, or they might be interested in trying an NA beer and, they see something new on shelf, right? So that might be one way. The other way is we're, we're really exploring, um, you know, the opportunity to give out our beer and sample our beer at more locations, right? We don't have the same rules and restrictions as alcoholic beer. So we can give beer out at, you know, the finish line of a running race or at, you know, which is, we, we do that a lot or farmer's market or things like that. And people can just be able to kind of educate consumers in that way. Um, versus having the physical location. And um, so far, it seems to have worked. Um, there's also not a lot either, you know, like we're, we're kind of, we were the first in the Southeast to be dedicated NA. And I think, um, you know, that's certainly, it, it's new and unique um, down here for sure. So I think that is something that kind of sets us apart and people yeah. have an interest that way. Before I learned about you all, the only other, you know, non-alcoholic craft brewery that I was aware of was Athletic. And they are based in, I want to say Pennsylvania? Connecticut. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all up in the north, right? <laughs> Northeast. And then obviously I see you all. Um, obviously you mentioned you don't have restrictions like other beers, so you can ship your beer and we'll get into that later. But um, we just saw Athletic hit Kentucky, I think, 
you know, really, you know, really hit Kentucky in the past year. So there aren't many, you know, non-alcoholic craft beer options. And is that kind of when you decide, obviously you talked about your daughter and there weren't any many options, but did you also see a lack of good craft beer and a beers? And that's why you're like, okay, maybe this is something I want to explore. At the time, right. There weren't any craft um, okay. there, there, I mean, and especially available to us on shelf. Um, it was the ones there was like the larger breweries um, that everyone kind of thinks about. Um, and I just found like what craft beer did to beer, you know, like there was just a real opportunity in the NA space. There's a lot of people that don't, don't, reach for alcohol all the time or, or any of the time. And, um, I just found it to be really interesting that there weren't a lot of options out there. Did you obviously starting a brewery or a, you know, in your sense, just more of a brewing company? Um, was this something you always thought about doing? Did owning a brewing or, a you know, two beers and whatever, was that always something you've were you always a craft beer drinker or was this just something you, you know, an idea that came off um, while you were pregnant with your daughter? Yeah. I mean, so I think I'm going to split that into a couple questions. Okay. So I always have wanted to do my, start my own business. It's been like a lifelong dream. And I think pregnancy really kind of catapulted that desire just with, you know, it really feels like, whoa, time's kind of going going fast. And if I have this dream, I want to be able to tell my daughter, like, you can do anything and you can follow your dreams. And here I was and like, you know, nothing wrong with it. But I wasn't really going after my dream of owning my own business. And um, so that's kind of and I like studied entrepreneurship in college and in grad school. Um, I've, I've worked in small startups before. And so I was like, you know, I know I can't, I know I have the the knowledge to do this and just maybe it's the guts. Um, and then, you know, also it's about finding the right idea. And I just found I just this kept kind of coming in my path, reinforcing that it was a good idea for me to pursue this. Um, and there were just lots of those moments along the way. And then, you know, I've worked in beverage for the last six years um, on the commercial finance side of things. And I know kind of the distribution and retail space pretty well for beverage. And so, or well enough to be, to know at least a little bit of what I'm getting into, but certainly you learn a lot more when you're in this seat. Um, And so I I felt like my experience and my desire and the idea all kind of came together to feel like this was a good thing to pursue. And then, you know, my, one of my good girlfriends. She moved back to Atlanta with me from college and she was always really into um, craft beer and she kind of like got me into it. And it was definitely like right right around that time was when Georgia really opened up their laws on Mm -hmm. um, tap room uh, sales and things like that. And so we would go to breweries and, you know, yes, I've, I've been kind of a, a, you know, I would drink craft beer a lot. So like with friends and socially and whatever. So, um, it was a, it was a fun thing to explore. I don't have a brewing background or anything like that, but, um, definitely an affinity for the industry. You know, when, when coming up with this idea, was there like a non, like aha moment where you're like, okay, there's not another options. I wanted to start my own business. This is what the plan's going to be. Or was it just like, 
you know, multiple like, huh, okay. But was there one moment or was it like accumulation of many things? Yeah, it definitely wasn't like one moment because there were many times where I was like, okay, this is the plan and this is how I would go about doing it. Um, and there were many iterations on that plan and there still are iterations, right? Like that's what businesses is pivoting kind of frequently and figuring out what's working and what's not. I, um, one thing that was an aha for me is I entered a business plan competition through my undergrad and they did such a great job with it. And this was in 2019. I was pregnant with my son. So I was like getting all the plans together um, moonlighting, writing this business plan. And, uh, they assigned me a mentor and he had started his own brewery in Pittsburgh and he was so influential and kind of solidifying what I would need to get this going and helpful along the way. And just the guidance he provided was just completely, um, exactly what I needed at that moment in time to kind of figure out what was next for right side. And, I think that was my aha. That's when I really tweaked the business model um, and kind of started thinking about what I would need to get going in terms of capital. So you open, so you want to open this, this non-alcoholic brewery or brewing company. I keep saying brewery, um, first force of habit. You want to open this brewing company. Um, You know, it's, it's, you're not going to have a tap room. How different is it from opening? Obviously, there's probably a lot less holes you have to to climb through, you know. Um, what was the first step? You know, like, did you have to find a contractor to do this? Did you, like, come up with recipes? You know, talk about that actual process. Okay, the idea is there. I'm going to do this. Now what? What, what's, what was the first step? Yeah, the first step for me was figuring out what's the best way to make it. Because um, to me, that was the taste was a big piece of what I was wanting in terms of um, something like for me, that was what I was after is just a really great tasting craft non-alcoholic beer. And and again, I will say there's a lot of good ones out there. This is not because at this point in time, like I didn't, athletic had just started in 2017. Right. And they, and they make great beers. And so, um, but this was, this was earlier before like kind of, more brands came on the market. And so I was researching technology. That was my first step. Um, And then from there, after I kind of solidified that, there were some pilot trials with this one piece of equipment. And um, I got connected with a brewery that's in Georgia that was willing to help me out on a pilot run. And that's one thing that I've just really appreciated about the industry and getting, getting into it is just how much collaboration and support there is with other breweries and, the, you know, competitive. I mean, we're not competitive to them, right? Cause they're alcoholic, but still just very willing to help me out. Um, so once I got the technology kind of solidified, I had to raise money to buy the technology. And then I also had to find a brewing partner mm-hmm. um, that would, that would do it. So there were a few steps there that were required. And you mentioned, you know, you wanted to find a beer or you wanted to make a beer, a craft beer, a non-alcoholic craft beer that was very flavorful because there are a lot of, you know, like, you know, big beers that are NA and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they taste not even as good as 
big beers normally do. And to make a non-alcoholic IPA like you have in a citrus wheat, it's probably very hard. Did you, like you mentioned, did you go through a lot of trial runs to get the flavor profile down or um, was it kind of pretty easy? Yeah, I think so. The reason I went with this technology is that it, um, it's, you know, it, it takes out just water and alcohol from the beer and it retains a lot of the original beer flavor. And so, um, that made the R and D process a little easier Mm -hmm. because we were, you know, working with good beer as a base and then just taking out the alcohol, you know, obviously there's some flavor components that are, that are affected, but for on the whole, like that was, that was the benefit of the technology. And I think we continue to tweak, right? Like, right. Um, working with a contract brewer is, has uh, many benefits, but one of the downsides is there's not a lot of R and D ability. And so, um, you know, we've, we've definitely, particularly on our IPA, I think we've tweaked it a couple times to where, you know, this last batch I, I'm really proud of, I'm really excited about it. Um, but yeah. Can, can you talk about the process a little bit of people, you know, some people might be like, how does a beer, you know, taste like this, but it has no alcohol in it? Yeah. Can you, so, can you explain that to them? There's to me? Multiple, I'm a- yeah. There's multiple ways to make a non-alcoholic beer. Um, there's uh, vacuum distillation, which uses heat to remove the alcohol. Yeah. Heat to remove the alcohol. And so that way, um, you know, that there's certain pros and cons to using vacuum distillation. Um, there's, you know, brew to zero or, you know, using different, like in the brewing process ways to make it non-alcoholic as well. Um, but our equipment is uh, filtration. And so we use um, kind of a membrane filtration where you put, push the beer through and um, the membrane basically separates out the water and alcohol. And then you add add water back and there's your non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit more complex than that, but that's at least. Right. That's, you know, it's kind of what I find interesting about you is you have no brewing experience. You're not a brewer. You don't even really, you know, you're, you're just a, someone who was pregnant and wanted to drink good beer and was like, I'm going to do this. And you did it and it's becoming very successful. And I think that's really you know, cool it and like different. And, you know, when Michael wanted me to have you on, we're our mutual friend. And I started researching, I'm like, this isn't like anything I've ever seen before. She is, she didn't want to open a brewery. Like she didn't, you know, she wasn't a home brewer. She didn't have any brewing experience. She didn't leave a brewery. She just wanted to do this and she did it. And, um, in a very different way than what we've seen. And, and it's not alcoholic too, which is very different. So I think that's very fascinating. um, Yeah. It's interesting because like, it's different. I I think of us, like, I do wonder where this sits, you know, in terms of industry, because (laughs) like, there's a lot of about us, obviously just the product that's similar Mm -hmm. to a craft beer, right? Like it's beer (laughs) and it's a craft beer, but, but, but to your point, like, the consumer preference, and I just was listening to um, a really good podcast on this, like where, you know, where does a tap room fit for the non-out category and like mm-hmm. what what does that look like and where would people be successful? And for me, I feel like a lot of people that want a non-alcoholic beer probably buy it 
at a grocery store or a package store. Um, they're, they're not necessarily like that's at least currently right where people are mm-hmm. going to get their products. And so, um, certainly, uh, I think that could change in the future, but it, to me, it's like, okay, well then there's other distributed beverages that don't have an on-premise, you know, that don't right. have a tap room model. And so I kind of, I think we kind of sit, um, and that's most of my experience anyway in beverage. And so, um, I think we kind of sit in between somewhere there. Yeah. Cause if you think about what your model is, it's very similar to like Pepsi, right? You, know? <laughs> you don't go to Pepsi's tap room and right. drink their beers. It's just, it's all out market because, you know, you want to just go some, I mean, I guess you can, but in a way, like if you think about your business model and how you did it, it'd be very similar to like a soda brand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's, it's very fascinating to me because it is still beer and, and, and a craft beer is a growing part of just beer in general, but you have done it completely different. And I could potentially see a lot of other, you know, even just, you know, breweries or a lot of any other brands popping up and doing it the same way as you. So you could potentially, sure. do you think about that? I'm kind of brought up my own question is like, yeah. do you think other people will see your model and how you did it and copy it? Yeah. I mean, there already are, you know, like there's, there's quite a few that are popping up now. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm a, we're a new brand too. Um, so mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of brands that are contract brewing that are going out and trying to just get distribution space. Um, and I think it warrant the, like the, the, you know, growth of the category, I think will warrant more shelf space anyway. And so I think, I think that's kind of happening already, but I also see, um, like for sure, see other craft breweries get into, we have an NA beer now, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really cool, um, and completely needed, um, at, and every, like, I think Germany actually mandates that you have an NA beer on your, in your, I think, oh, really? I think that's true. Don't quote me. I'll research it and get back to you. But, um, I just think it's interesting, like I, that you could go and have that same experience and it doesn't matter like what you're necessarily drinking. Um, but so I think that'll absolutely happen too, where you have craft breweries offering an NA that might then get distributed as well. Yeah. Like you mentioned, we're seeing this category grow and, um, I saw Brewbound, and you all shared it as well. Um, the NA beer category grew almost 15% in January mm-hmm. of this year, 2022. So just last month, obviously a lot of that has to do with dry January, mm-hmm. which is becoming a bigger thing each year. You know, there's dry January, there's sober October. Um, there's probably other names of dry July. Ones. Dry July. <laughs> uh, so people are doing these, you know, dry months. Um, but do you think there's other factors to why this, um, the NA beer category is growing? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I can, I can just speak personally, right? Um, and with some of my immediate friends, there's just a desire to kind of cut back um, and as part of just a healthier lifestyle, um, particularly just like becoming parents, you know, like, uh, that, that changes your lifestyle as well. And, um, I think it's, it's interesting. I think 65% of people that participate in dry January drink less, um, 
in, throughout the rest of the year. Um, so I think there's like, there's a reason, there's an intention behind doing like whole 30, right? Mm-hmm. As you want to not just be healthy for 30 days, you want to take some of those habits into beyond that, right? Um, and I think that that's probably leading to more consistent growth. I think dry January is a great way to kick it off. Um, and, and what I think is cool about something like dry January is that there's a lot more camaraderie now. Like I, I just think like my husband and I did it with, and there like a lot of our friends did it too. And so then it was like, oh, is she, you know, before it would be like, oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> and like, and now it's just like kind of a more of a mainstream choice mm-hmm. to not drink. And I just think that's so cool. Um, getting kind of the stigma associated with that kind of, um, I don't know, just, it's, it's dissipated over time. It's funny you say that. Oh, she's pregnant. I it's nowadays, it's going to be a lot harder to tell if somebody's pregnant or not with all these <laughs> delicious funny, beers. Yeah. Funny, you know, side story. I had a friend come in the tap room and, um, she was just drinking water and I was like, do you want a beer? She's like, Oh no, I just drank for three days. You know, she's on vacation. I'm taking a week off. And then she came in like a couple weeks later. She's like, I'm still doing, I feel good. And I like totally believed her. And then like (laughs) two months later, she was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, you've got me. Like, I seriously was just like, okay. Cause I'm like, I'm also the kind of person, if someone just doesn't want to have a beer and they're in your tap room, like they don't have to have a beer. I'm not ever going to force anybody or anything on anybody too. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's funny that Nowadays, you'll never be able to tell if someone's not drinking because there are, you know, just so many more non-alcoholic jo- uh, drinks or options. You know, I think bourbon's making NA. Yeah, options. there's great. There's great spirit options, great wine options. Um, Mocktails are a huge thing now. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's it's great. There's just a lot of a lot more out there for people that want to make a, you know a different choice. And I think, you know, when we think of people drinking or doing dry January, it's, you know, it's, you know, they're doing it for health reasons, but I think there's a lot of reasons beyond that besides like looking out for your health, Mm -hmm. um, physically and mentally, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're someone who works in this industry, there's days where you drink a beer for lunch because it's normal. Mm -hmm. And so I think being able to like step back and just be okay, I'm not even like showing yourself that you have an addiction, but just being like, I'd don't need to have a beer for lunch every day with my clients or whatnot. It's really important to give people those options because at least for me, I just enjoy the taste of beer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually, I mean, I don't drink to get drunk and it sounds crazy to work in this industry and say that, but um, it's just a, it's a taste thing. Uh So yeah, it's great that there are options just for taste and not for the, the buzz essentially that comes with it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we've talked about the two beers you all make. You do the, you have an IPA and a citrus wheat. Uh, can you talk a little bit about each of those beers and some yeah. of the flavor profile of each? Yes. So um, our citrus wheat, for me, I, you know, I was coming up with the, the you know, the two targeted uh, flavors just with um, one being kind of lighter and what, you know, IPAs are the most popular craft beer style out there. And so, um, figured that would be a good one to go with as well. Like we're already doing something a little bit different. And so, um, keeping that, um, as well, but, um, so yeah, the citrus wheat is, is, is really light in flavor, um, and kind of 
sort of goes after like a blue moony type of um, flavor profile. And um, both are pretty low in calories. They're 49, the wheat's 49 calories and the IPA is 53. And that's really, un, it's unintended. Wow, I didn't, yeah. That's not um, something I would have thought of. Yeah. I mean, and one thing when I was, when we were coming up with the recipes, I was like, don't want to do anything to impact calories because I just feel like to, to me, it's most important that it tastes really good. And, um, but when you, turns out when you remove alcohol, which is the most caloric thing about the beverage, it, it, um, reduces the calorie content pretty substantially. So, um, and then our IPA is really just like kind of a, um, it's, it's hoppy and, but it, it kind of is more like a hoppy pale ale, I think. Um, and it is just kind of designed to be middle of the road, um, in terms of an IPA, but, um, definitely has a little citrus in there as well. I knew you all did the IPA because um, that's the can you see most everywhere in all your marketing collateral. But these are probably the two styles I drink the most. Yeah. Wheat, oh, good. Wheat and IPA. So when I saw that's what the two styles you did, I was like, wow, they're really paying attention to something. I mean, obviously <laughs> IPA makes sense, but you would think your second one would be some kind of lager or yeah. what would be a lager or a Pilsner. Or, um, obviously a Pilsner's a lager, but something along those lines, but a citrus wheat, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, she like speaking directly to me. These are my two favorite <laughs> styles. So um, I'm also speaking to my own. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I like that as well. Um, so you have these two beers now. Do you plan on expanding your portfolio? Whether that's just like every now and then, you know, in the winter do a dark beer or are you just still happy with these two? Yeah, you know, so we're really trying to build up our 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 footprint with the two core um, before we try to branch out and do more. Um, but at the same time, like we did come out with like a direct um, to consumer mocktail box. Um, and so we're hoping to partner with other NA brands and kind of have innovation through some of these mocktail recipes, um, which is kind of fun because it's lower volume, right? Like there's um, and, and, and it's fun to do collaborations and, um, kind of show people what else you can do with our beer too. You know, like it's not just, you have to, you know, there's a lot of beer based mocktail recipes out there and they're really quite delicious. So, um, something fun to, yeah, you, you kind of stole my next question. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to ask about the mocktail moment subscription box. Yes. So, so tell people what that is. Yeah. So it's a, um, it's all the ingredients and a recipe for four different beer based mocktails using either our IPA or citrus wheat, depending on, um, on which box you are getting, um, in that month. And, uh, there's, there's four different, um, mocktail boxes that you'd get throughout the year with the subscription. But then we also have just our, that one seasonal box available for purchase as well. So you'd know exactly what you're getting, um, with that box. Um, and yeah, it comes with a fun card. And then you also have, get two extra beers, um, for sure. So sometimes you only use six ounces of the can and you get a full six pack, um, with, with the mocktail box. Um, so I'm looking at the one on your website right now. It is a maple bourbon shandy. That one is um, just, so our the one that's available for purchase now is our Hop Collins. 
And that one is available January, February, March, and then April will be a new mocktail box. But the maple bourbon was kind of our um, our first go at it in December as part so- of Part of it, is there an actual, do you put the fruit in there as well? Because there's a picture of an orange in here. Yeah. So we, we, cool. we've been, we do everything. We do everything. So yeah, there's in the hop Collins, there's NA spirits, um, the lemon, simple syrup and our beer. So, um, and it's really good. I love it. So it also, it comes with the non-alcoholic, like, uh, I guess, liquor part mm-hmm. of it too. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so our, does that also give... You know, probably a lot of these NA liquors are probably some that aren't available where they are. So it also kind of gives people a chance to try some non-alcoholic, you know, spirits as well. Yeah. Like we'd love to kind of do more of an official partnership with some of these brands because I think, you know, it would be, it'd be, it'd be fun. It's the same consumer, right? That's probably drinking both. And so um, a fun way to kind of get exposure for both brands. Um, and yeah, so we're kind of working on that as we go, but also it's a fun way to like, there's a lot of, um, people out there that are like influencers or coaches or whatever that are, you know, ex, uh, that are bartenders that now might be sober or, you know, there's a new pop-up bar in Atlanta, called Zilch. Um, so trying to get people exposure that way too. Um, if they wanted to help us craft a recipe, um, you know, featuring their recipe would be, is also kind of one of the goals as well. I'm going to apologize. My dogs are decided to play right now. No, you're fine. You're fine. You might, I'm going to mute myself, but you might hear their nails clicking on the floor. Um, so right side is also very mission driven and I see that you all donate 5% of your profits to local uh, organizations. So talk about that and where that idea came from. Yeah. So, you know, I go back to when I want a dream of mine was always to start my own business. And I think that very early on knowing if I wanted to start a business, I always wanted it to have a social purpose um, and just a, a purpose beyond being a for-profit company. And, um, so I felt like very strong and I feel like very strongly about giving back and to our own community and whatnot. And so right now we have a partnership with giving kitchen, which is a local, um, really now they're in Georgia, Tennessee. They're a, um, nonprofit that gives, uh, food service that helps food service workers in crisis. And then like a month before we launched, which I just felt like was so serendipitous, um, they announced a food service workers in recovery initiative. And, you know, it's like you were kind of mentioning, it's, it's pretty prevalent in the, you know, mm-hmm. bar industry to, you know, for people to have, um, you know, just need support in that way. And so um, I was really excited to be able to give back to that. Uh, just especially, you know, with restaurants supporting us. So now we're supporting restaurants and kind of go full circle, hopefully. So, yes, I loved um, reading about that on your website and your social media, all the different organizations you support. Obviously, you are a non-alcoholic brand. So it's really cool that you're supporting, you know, organizations that help people in recovery. Um, I think that's super cool because... Um, do you find, I guess this is kind of another side question I just thought of, do you find that a lot of 
what am I trying to say? It's phrases. I didn't have it written down, so I just thought of it. Do you, do people who don't, you know, are recovering, do you recommend them to drink NA beers or do you think, do people not ask that they do that just because the taste can lead to other things? Yeah, it's so, it's such a great question. Um, certainly we don't, we don't recommend, like we leave that to personal choice for sure. I think what I heard was about 50, 50 people in recovery, ten, like 50% of the people say, you know, it's triggering for me. And the other percentage of people say it's great for me because it allows me to feel social and I still don't drink and all this stuff. Um, but <clears throat> I think, so I think it goes either way. And certainly we support anyone's personal choice, whether they do or don't want to drink any beer. But I think the question's good because this isn't just mm-hmm. like, this isn't for, you know, um, it's, it's, much more than just a, a drink for people that don't drink at period, right? It's a, it's something that people may want at various occasions or various times in their life, and whether they do or don't drink alcohol. So, um, it's it can be for for a variety of people. Yeah, I um, I have a story. I had a friend, um, and he was a recovering alcoholic and he didn't drink. And I bought him a six pack athletic. And then I felt incredibly guilty after it because I was like, what if that offended him? Like, so that's just a personal question that I had is like how you all broach that territory is like, is so it's just essentially person by person and whether or not, um, even just drinking any beer can affect them differently. Would you say? I, I actually, I don't know if we've even, um, I think that it's not like we're targeting um, a certain type of person, right? Like we're not trying to to get, we're not targeting a certain type of person to make a choice that might not be right for, and I know that's not what you meant, but to your, I guess to answer your question, I think for us, it's about making like a, a healthy lifestyle choice. Um, and I think there, I heard a statistic like 75% of people, and this might just again, around 75% of people that drink NA beer or craft NA beer drink alcohol. So it's certainly not, I think there's a lot of people that still that absolutely drink alcohol and still drink any beer. Yeah. My thing was just like, I got him that and I'd even ask like if he yeah. drinks non-alcoholic options or he just shouldn't be around it. And I like felt horrible. And I was like, I don't think he was offended. He just, he thought it was nice, but I don't know if he ever drank it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, you sure know, I love that. appreciated the thought, you know? Right. Like, yes. Um, yeah, it's just, it was just an interesting, you know, I was like, oh man, I mean, I'm sure you all deal with this a lot more, whether people, you know, do drink your product or recovering or stay away from it. But if that makes sense, it's, it's probably very different for each person and some people it helps and some people obviously just know not to go near it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's a, we, when I give beer out, right. People will, uh, you can sometimes get into conversations with people about like, oh, well, it sells 0.5% or less than 0.5%. And sometimes that that's enough for people to say, no, I'm, I'm like zero, zero only. Or um, for religious reasons, people might not choose it because it's less than 0.5%. 
And so I think that also plays into it. But certainly like people, people, I think that make that conscious choice, whether they do or don't drink NA products, know kind of what their, what their lines are. Right. So that was completely off topic of what I had written down, but I think it's an interesting subject, it especially is. when it comes to non-alcoholic and in sobriety or non-alcoholic products and sobriety. Um, so you're obviously the founder of Brightside. You're running a, you know, a contract brewing company. Obviously, it's very e-commerce because you can sell your product and ship it all over the United States without any issues because it is um, non-alcoholic. You also and I looked on your LinkedIn page, so I hope this is correct. You worked for Good to Grow, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, and you're a mom. I am. Of two kids, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> okay, my math was right. So talk about, and this is a lot of, th- this is one thing that I always forget to talk about with with guests on my podcast is being a mom mm-hmm. or a parent. Um, you know, having that work, you know, brewery founder, you know, you have a full-time job, mom, lifestyle. I would, I guess my first question is, you know, you're juggling all of these things and I'm sure you have help, but you know, what's the hardest part about, you know, being a mom and, you know, being a brewery founder and a full-time employee of good to grow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's a lot. It's a mouthful. Do you um, have free time? I do. I think so for me, Um, that's a really good question. And one I love to talk about because I think, um, I, I would be wrong in saying the last couple years haven't been pretty busy. (laughs) Like they've been really busy, but I knew that, you know, I, I took this on wanting to, you know, pursue this dream and with like a plan, obviously of not necessarily juggling all of this forever, And, um, I'm really fortunate to have just such a good relationship with my employer, uh, like in good to grow that I, um, have been really fortunate for their support and encouragement along the way. I am excited because I am going full-time right side in the next month. Um, that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really excited. And, and, you know, a lot of it does come down to like balance, right? Like you can, Mm -hmm. it's, um, And I think, again, like there's a season for everything. And I think the last two years for me has been a season of just like hustling Um, and then really trying to compartmentalize. Like when I'm, when I'm working, I'm, I'm working really hard. And then when I'm, you know, a mom, I'm, I'm present with my kids as much as I can be. And that the pandemic certainly threw a wrench into that. Um, So I, you know, it's been, it's been like very, I guess, um, rich in terms of just trying, it's been a good test of strength and patience and, mm-hmm. um, will and all of that stuff. So I think for me, I'm excited to kind of maybe have more time to focus on right side as well as, um, you know, more time with, just my kids. Um, and so I, but I think, well, but they also are my big helpers. Um, when I'm, when I'm packing samples on the weekends, like they come with me and Maisie likes to put the stickers on the boxes and Keating likes to 
put pull the sticker off the box. <laughs> um, and they also drive me crazy because then they're getting into stuff and it takes two times as long and um, whatnot. But I think incorporating them, like they come with me to events on the weekend. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing a race, like they come and sometimes it's a mess. <laughs> sometimes it's really fun. Well, I, I think that's a very, uh, you know, very interesting and awesome that you get to do that because, you know, you are promoting this, you know, this beer for moms and, you know, obviously like pregnant people. And so to show that your kids are very involved and they're one of the reasons that you've made this and created this company is, is really cool. And it shows that, you know, you want them to be involved. It's a family company. And I, I'm assuming people, people like seeing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're cute. They help, they help sell, <laughs> they help sell the product. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm like, I owe about 50% of my sales so far to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we call, call me Someone here. doesn't buy it. They just like have a hysterical crying <laughs> session. And yeah, that happens too. And then it's awkward, but, um, <laughs> okay. And this might be a very dumb question, but can kids like have your kids tried the beer? Do you allow kids to try it? Like, or mine, I guess, I don't know why I went straight to your kids. Minors probably is a better yeah. word. No. Um, I, so you technically, I think still have to be 21 to buy okay. the product. So I don't really card people if they look borderline, if I'm right. bringing out events, cause I know it's, it's okay. Um, but certainly not something that I would like promote for underage drinking. Right. I don't know why I said you're like, no, 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 like fine. they haven't tried like, it. I don't think <laughs> Because if you think about it, there's like some kombuchas that are mm-hmm. the same, the less than 1% yeah. alcohol, and you obviously do not need to be 21 to drink kombucha. So I'm just Very like, odd. yeah, is there a, probably that's a whole another podcast where that is. I know. It's deciphering. So the differences. Um, but yeah. So still have to be 21. I guess maybe since it is technically beer or under the beer category that's under the beer category which i think is why but interesting very interesting um two more questions then we'll move on to the the fun part the end okay where did the name right side come from so uh my sister-in-law who's much more creative than i am she's extremely creative came up with like a whole list of names for the company and um I really wanted it to evoke just like optimism and positivity. I certainly, um, and that some of the ones that she came up with, like straight and narrow or peacekeeper were a couple that I liked at the initially, but right side always just felt like very mm-hmm. positive to me. <clears throat> um, I definitely don't, I, there's some times where I'm like, I don't want people to think like this is the right side and the other side is wrong. It certainly is not meant to, to say that, but I think, um, to me, it just felt like something that was, you know, a, a positive choice. You, you also could do something like drink this and you'll wake up on the right side of the bed and not the wrong because you're hung over. Exactly. Someone else said that and I love it. We use it sometimes like kick your week off on the right side or. No, yeah, I, I definitely I get what the name means with what you're trying to do with with your brand, and um, it's yeah, it's, it's fitting. Yeah. So you launched Right Side a little over a year ago in January 2021. It's 
been a year. What's next for you and Right Side? So I guess the big thing is you're going full time with them. Full-time. What's, what's next for the brand? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, I think we're really just trying to expand our footprint and our distribution um, and, and use the last year of positive success and build, build out kind of um, our, our distribution footprint on our two core SKUs. I think for us, for me, I've wanted to be just a regional brand. So really just focusing on building our growth in the Southeast um, and fortunate to have full state coverage in Georgia. So there's plenty more places we can be and, and go in Georgia, but I'm starting to look outside of Georgia as well. All right. So this is how I end every podcast with some rapid fire and nervous about this one this or that. And then a couple questions. So okay. do you prefer a six pack of 12 ounce cans or a four pack of 16 ounce cans? Oh, that sounds controversial. I feel like it's going to say a lot about me, but I still think I'm old school and six pack, 12 ounce, six pack, 12, or you could do six pack, 16 ounce cans, which I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) if you're if you're drinking straight from it a bottle or a can i'll go can a new england or west coast ipa uh west coast stout or porter porter gosa or berliner vice berliner vice seltzer or cider I think cider actually, depending on what cider. I was gonna be like, you should really look into non-alcoholic ciders, but that's just <laughs> so right. that about seltzer. <laughs> oh, that's the same thing. Oh my god. Yeah. No, that's, so uh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> chocolate or vanilla in your beer? Ooh. Mmm. Chocolate. A mm. uh, brewery cats or brewery dogs? Oh, uh, brewery dogs. Favorite beer city that you've been to? Or just like a city you really enjoyed the beer scene? So, um, Asheville, I know. Yeah. Uh, favorite beer glass style? Ooh. I, I don't know. This one, this is hard. Pint. Uh, what's your go-to beer right now? I guess you can say right one of yours. Right side. <laughs> Do you prefer the IPA or the citrus wheat? Um, both are hold special place in my heart, but I'm I'm the wheat fan. My husband likes the IPA. IPA, switch it up. Two questions. If you could go on any beer vacation, where would it be and why? Portland. Because I've Portland. heard so many good things. Yeah. I love the Pacific Northwest. And I've never been. And I really want to check it out. I will say the same thing. I have never been. I've heard great things. All right. Last question. Who would you most love to have a beer with? A right side beer with? Right side beer with. Oh, this one's up. This one's really hard because it's like one of those, like, who would you invite to lunch? Right. But it's Um, a beer. So I don't know. Could could make it different. I guess you got a beer lunch, but. I don't know this one. Who just popped in your head? Somebody popped in your head. Who was it? Um, 
I, f- I feel like I, this know that I'm and I'm all pressuring myself to come up with the right answer. Uh, no wrong answers on this question. <laughs> um, I don't know. All right, I'm going to ask you another question. Yeah, substitute it in. This is not anything to do with these questions. I was just going to finish the podcast by having you tell people where they can find Right Side Beard if they're interested. Oh, great. Yeah, so we have a store finder on our website where you can go and find us in your local store. Um, But if you're not near one of those um, lovely places, then you can find us online um, and shop, shop directly from our shop. All right. Now, who would you most love to have a beer with? Uh, this, this is. I'm not going to let you leave I'm the like answer. Blanking. I'm blanking. And I can cut all this blank. This. Okay, uh, please cut all the blanks, and I'm going to think about it for just a second. And whoever I come up with is going to fall short now because I've put so much pressure on it. Um. No one's taken this long before, so this is a record. Okay. Well, what do people say? What do someone's people say? No, I'm not telling you any. I'm not giving you any hints. Hmm. An actor, a politician, a singer, an athlete. I know. You know, I'll just, I'm going to say something because I don't know who else I'll say. But I'll go with Matt Stafford, who just won oh, the Super Bowl. That's a great it. Georgia makes Georgia. sense. That right. totally makes sense. Did you go to UGA? I did not, but so many of my friends did. So excited for them. Yes. No, that's a great answer. It's very time. There you go. Sensitive. No, that's not that word. Feel? It's very relevant. makes sense. Relevant. Time relevant. Yes. Okay. Matthew Stafford. That's a great answer. Sure. <laughs> he could probably. He's probably had a few beers. I'm sure he's not right anything <laughs> maybe non-alcoholic, but maybe in a couple of days he might be. He want, might want to reach for a non-alcoholic beer. Well, thank you so much for yes. having me. This is no a delight. Thank you. I know we kind of switched around I'm the order, but time and stuff like that. She uh, said, mentioned if you're interested in her beer, obviously I'm here in Kentucky and Louisville. So if you're interested in trying it, order it online, which is really cool because they can ship their beer because it has no alcohol in it. So they have a little bit looser rolls. Um, or if you're in the Georgia South, you know, or I was to say the South east i don't know why it's been a long day uh if you're in the georgia area uh you can find it in the stores but um i've heard really great things about it excited to see where you all go congrats on going full time with the company so it sounds like things are going great thank you so much thank you for having me